welcome to another episode of the Line in the Sand podcast. I'm Hamish and I'm a disappointed Essendon supporter, another honourable loss this week in the AFL. We do have some good, better news to talk about later with some of the other Essendon sides. Joined as always by Amos, the Hawthorne supporter. How are you this evening, Amos? Shell-shocked, Hamish. Shell-shocked. It was an obliteration in Hobart. Well, sorry, Launceston on, on Monday. So, still getting over. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. There were tears from my six-year-old who didn't read the game very well and only discovered that Hawthorne were getting soundly beaten when they actually started getting soundly beaten on the scoreboard. So. <laughs> yes, yes. I, um, I did pick Hawthorne. I thought being played down there, they might, might give them a chance. And, you know... Um, what they were 20 points up uh, late in the third, but it wasn't, I don't think it was a real 20 points when you look at nah. the way some of that game was being played. I was, I got to the MCG early and I was watching some of it in the bar, and you could just see that, yeah, if um, when Sydney started hitting the scoreboard, it, it could it could have got ugly very quickly, and unfortunately for you, it did. Well, yeah, I think uh, it was a case of as soon as they kicked, well, they kicked one goal nine at one stage for the second and third quarters, and as soon as they snapped the streak of behinds you just felt like the uh, floodgates going to open and and so they did yeah so anyway we'll uh yeah yes we will dissect <laughs> that a bit further later on in this episode um yes we've got a lot to discuss so i'm gonna just jump straight into it in no particular order first thing i wanted to talk about this week was um the the game in launceston not not the result but um Paddy McCartan subbed off with another head clash injury. If you believe the reports at this stage, it may have just been a little bit more cautious um, because it is Paddy McCartan and because of the previous injuries, um, the suggestions coming out are that it's not as serious. And if it wasn't, if it wasn't Paddy, perhaps they wouldn't even have subbed him out in the game. You sort of get that insinuation. Yep. But that's not what I wanted to talk about, about that. I wanted to talk about the, he was distressed in the rooms during the game after he'd been told that they weren't going to let him go back and they were going to sub him out because he'd failed the test. And this was broadcast on Fox. I didn't like it. I didn't, I, I, I don't know about you, but I think that during the game and especially moments like that, as fans, we don't need to see that. No, I agree. Uh, for me, the rooms, there's something sacred about rooms. Uh, uh, the only time the camera should be in the rooms, in my opinion, is when you are, uh, you know, allowing the fans to see the sing- team sing the yeah. song after a victory. Uh, any other t- time, uh, the rooms are the sanctity of the players and the coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, and no one needs to see, hear, know what goes on. I think. Uh, most sporting fans have been in enough change rooms in their lives to, to get an idea of what happens. Uh, and I'm sorry to disappoint sports fans. It ain't much different in AFL rooms compared to local, local sporting, local footy clubs, cricket clubs. There's probably just a bit more skills shown in the uh, yeah. light ball work uh, and a bit more stretching and a bit more rub downs going on and a few more ice bars after the game. Yeah. But uh, other than that, it ain't a hell of a lot different. Yeah, and essentially his response to um, what was a medical decision is no one's business but his own. Correct. Agreed. Um, Yeah, and and it would have been really hard, I think, you know, for his parents Mm. seeing that on national TV if they weren't at the game. Uh, Yeah, yeah, certainly there was no vision of them in the rooms with him. You'd assume they would have been allowed in there to console him if they were there. Uh, You know, so, um, yeah, I don't like it. we don't see it too often, thankfully. Yeah. Um, there you know, I always remember the uh, the Jack Rewalt case where he was climbing up the stairs at the MCG trying to get, get back onto the ground when he was concussed. And that's different because he's mm. come back out of the rooms. But, uh, yeah, I just don't think there needs to be cameras in there for a start. I think, um, you know, club rooms, are, they're a private place uh, for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. Um, and that goes to local sport as well. Um, the actual change rooms are the sanctity of the players and a couple of others, and that's it, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think we're on a consensus there. Um, and I know that um, Horst, Coach Longmire, 
has come out and said that he's not happy about it as well and he's yeah. considering raising it as an issue with the AFL and with the broadcast partner. So I don't think we've heard the end of it. And um, I can't, yeah. I can't uh, see too many people arguing that it should stay there and it is important well, for us to see it. The, the only people arguing is going to be the broadcasters and the and the, the John Ralphs of the world. Now, I'm pointing the finger at John Ralph, but he may well agree with us. I don't know. So it's mm. probably an unfair finger point. But, um, you know... Uh, they're the only ones who are going to be saying, "Well, it's public. You know, people should people want to see this." I'm like, well, I don't actually think people do. Hmm. Um, it's almost like umpire mics, but uh, don't get me started on that one. Yeah. Um, you know, what goes on in the room stays in the room, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I uh, look. You know, I reckon the mic'd up player at halftime as they're walking off is something that play that um, fans might have an interest in, but um, we didn't need to see that, and it was. No distressing for him yeah distressing for us as an audience and as you mentioned like if his parents weren't there and they were just seeing that on tv and yeah they haven't they had no idea what he'd actually been told yeah it's distressing for them absolutely yeah, it happens i mean it happens every week there was the hayden crozier footage a couple of weeks ago uh where he was in the rooms with um with a breathing apparatus with a heart complaint mm. uh and they're showing that we don't need to see that you know you just see players being taken off um, in the ambulance, yeah. so to speak. I mean, it just doesn't add anything. I don't know why, but it, it just lends that bit of, uh, you know, gutter journalism to a footy coverage when the footy should be about what's happening on the field. Uh, yes, it's just overly dramatising the situation yeah. for the sake of ratings and the sake of future stories. But, I mean, I don't even think it gets ratings. This is the thing. I think it's... Mm. <laughs> Yeah. So I would like the AFL to come out and say, look, we appreciate that uh, our broadcasters want to do this, but however, we're going to stick a line in the sand to protect our players. And uh, yeah, no cameras in the rooms apart from the singing of the song and, you know, the post-game interview. Hmm. But I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Speaking of broadcasters, um, I heard on the radio this morning, uh, Gil and a few of the others from the AFL um, commission have headed off to the US to meet with CBS, CBS being the owner of Channel 10 and the Paramount Plus streaming service, which um, if you're a soccer fan in Australia, you would know it already has the streaming rights to the A-League, so has had some sport experience. It seems that um, Channel 10's making a big play for getting the AFL rights, well, I assume it's AFL, AFL women's, all of the competition is, rights yeah. um, back come 2024 when the current deal is up. Yeah, it's the whole package they're going for, according to good old Jake Nile and the age. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also meeting with Amazon, Amazon yeah. Prime in the US on the way to New York. Um, I think it's part, yeah, we're just going to have to accept that we're going to be watching football on two or three or four different mediums going forward. Yeah. It already happens in the Premier League. Uh, so I'm not sure whether I like it or not probably gives me an excuse to get Paramount and Amazon and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I can watch Liverpool play in all four competitions that yeah. are still alive. Um, however, uh, there might be a few 30-day trial periods. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I, I, do, I did get a special offer from Paramount at the start of the A-League season. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's not a bad service. And you, yeah. you, you do get all the other shows that you can stream obviously but there's only so many streaming platforms that you can oh, tackle, yeah. but it starts to get expensive especially when you add foxtel on top of that and everything else as well so well, yeah and i think that's going to be the problem i think if fox do win the rights as a yeah let's say they won friday night football for example mm. then you've got to pay for that well ko and then yeah. you've got to pay paramount for your saturday afternoon Channel 7 or Channel 10 or whoever channel would be Saturday night and then mm. Sunday games could be any one of three others. And that just, yeah, I can't see the public going for it. Yeah. And, you know, that may lead to a, a restructuring of the anti-siphoning laws, but uh, I, I suspect that, um, yeah, from an AFL perspective, if you want to keep your fans happy, realistically, you probably only want one TV and one streaming service. You don't want yeah. four or five. Because then your yeah. fans are going to be going, well, I'm being asked to pay 100 bucks a month for streaming services to watch my team 
and uh, an equivalent amount for memberships for the family as well. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so the AFL is going to have to be a bit careful on how greedy they get uh, in this, this space, I think. Yes, I don't think the Australian sports viewing audience is quite ready for some of the US sports type media deals they have where the clubs have their own media yeah. deals and their own um, in-town partnerships and things like that. I think we're a fair way off that. And um, yes, um, I'm sure the money will be good from CBS, um, mm. but um, yes, the AFL does need to be mindful that they don't piss people off in the process. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think, um, yeah, if it is CBS... Oh, Channel 10 and Paramount, as it would be over here, that's fine because there'd be no difference to what we have at the moment with, uh, you know, Fox selling Channel 7 and KO. Yeah. Uh, but you don't want Fox and then a free-to-air channel and then uh, Paramount and then Amazon and then something else. All having a little bit of the pie, no? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So just for the sake of, you know, 10 million bucks or whatever the additional would be. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. There's a lot to play out there, and I'm sure we'll discuss it in further weeks. Um, mm. I wanted to talk about the AFL women's now, a complete change of tack. Erin um, Phillips has um, jumped ship after being with Adelaide for so long. She's gone cross town and joined Port Adelaide. Now, you'd probably normally think that this was a bit of a crazy thing to do in Adelaide, given that they don't like each other, but given that um, Port Adelaide has just got their AFLW license and her father was a well-known player there, it probably makes a little bit more sense. Oh, it makes it easy when your father's a Port legend, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and he's AFL, SANFL Hall of Fame member, um, yeah, Greg Phillips, so... Um, umpteen premierships as yeah. a lot of guys from that era have mm-hmm. uh, i think whenever port got their license this switch yeah. was going to happen reasonably quickly afterwards so yeah. Um, yeah and i think it rounds out <coughs> excuse me it rounds out the you know the father daughter process quite well i think i think yeah. it's a you know uh, no one should be begrudging her if you're an adelaide supporter because She's only playing at Adelaide because that was the opportunity. Yeah. Just happens to be their best player and three flags and all the rest of it, which makes it tug a bit harder. Yeah. But equally, I think if in your heart of hearts, you had to know that uh, when Port got a license, it would have happened in the first or second year anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, she's wearing his number and clearly yeah. clearly it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I don't begrudge her. I think it's, it's a great story as much as I dislike Port Adelaide. <laughs> yes, well, um, back, on, um, back on the AFL men's, um, how many goals are Melbourne going to win by this week, given that they're um, now down a coach and uh, well, three players at last count I saw, unless there's been any in the last couple of hours while I was out for dinner? Uh, nothing that I've seen adding players. Melbourne were a bit coy with that news this afternoon, but it did get out. Um, Nothing else has flashed up beyond uh, Luke Jackson, Kaziah Pickett, and uh, Tommy Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, does it, give you a, does it give you a winning chance having three premiership <laughs> players out of the side, given that they play Hawthorne next week? Well, given we're coming off a four-day break or five-day break, uh, the Demons got an extra day. That's here or there, I suppose, when you think about it. And not having to sacrifice someone like a Blake Hardwick to match up on Pickett will help us uh, and not having to sacrifice someone like a Frost or a, mm-hmm. um, you know, to match up on Jackson. Uh, given we have a dearth of Ruckman ourselves, uh, it'll be uh, a battle of the Titans in uh, Max Gorn and, and Max Lynch going head to head. I suspect Gorn will win the hit outs comfortably, probably by 35 or so. Um, so look, it gives us a chance of getting within five goals, I would have thought. However, I may revise that. Let's go a goal for every player. So they're three out at the moment. So I still think it's going to be five to 10, not 10 to 15 goals. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it makes it a little bit closer for you, but yeah, you're not going to become overly confident. Oh, I don't think... A few players. I don't think so, because, I mean, they still get back Lever and Viney, who were out last week. So... Yeah, I mean, they're not necessarily yeah. like-for-like replacements, but they're still two pretty strong players to get back. So, um, yeah, 
I, I don't see Hawthorne winning. Uh, I think if effort like it was there on, on Monday uh, is what we're looking for. Um, and uh, unfortunately, predicting Melbourne to be too good. Um, before we go into a look at the games and then a look at our own clubs, um, we had a couple of serious injuries to some major key players at a couple of clubs on the weekend. Key Ruckman in Pirenei and Grundy. Um, I, I suppose it was a surprise to me to see it happen the way it did to two Ruckman in the same round, given that we haven't seen these PCL injuries happen very often for a long time, um, mainly since the introduction of the second um, uh, second circle at the um, in the centre square. They hadn't seemed to be um, Ruckman hadn't seemed to be using their knees as battering rams the same way they had in the past, but um, we've seen two this weekend and both out for um, uh, up to 12 weeks is what I was hearing this morning when I was listening to the radio. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, commiserations to both of them and supporters of, um, well, maybe not supporters of both clubs, commiserations <laughs> to both of them. Um, yeah. It sucked to be out of the game for three months. But, um, oh, yeah. yeah. Have you got any thoughts on why this might be happening? And Well, I didn't see the Pitney one. I saw the Grundy one. Uh, that was a classic PCL. Uh, bone on, you know, knee on knee. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and nowhere to go, basically, for the ligament there. I, I think he played out the game, didn't he, mm. for the most part? So that was pretty fair of it, because he did look in pain, and he was hobbling around a fair bit initially. Uh, but uh, I, I'm trying to resist going for the uh, the knee-jerk joke here, but... Uh... <laughs> I told you when you, when, you know, in our pre-planning meeting that was a couple of Facebook messages that I'd give you a pity, pity laugh there, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. We need some uh, fake applause or something. Yeah. But uh, I just hope that there's no um, sudden reaction to this. Mm. Um, but I get the impression just listening to radio um, and things like that, that uh, uh, yeah, part of it is, is because all of a sudden, if, you put, if you're a ruckman in a ruck contest at the set of bounce and you put your arm out, uh, you get called for yeah. shepherding. Mm. Uh, so what's the only other body part that you can use to take the space away from the other ruckman? Is your knee. Stick your leg out and sometimes yeah. you can hit the knee. And yeah, Exactly. So I think if uh, the AFL start getting worried about it, they should rethink uh, the, uh, you know, putting the arm out rule. Mm. Because, I mean, really, uh, if you're stronger than your opponent, you can hold him off with your arm. Yeah. Fair play to you, as long as you're not doing it around his throat. Yeah. Um, what's the problem? I don't see a problem. Um, and maybe they bring their third man up and make life more entertaining. Yeah, I mean, they're never going to do that at the um, centre bounce, are they? They've got oh, no, no, not, not, the center, not the centre yeah, bounce. Yeah, around the ground, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, of course, not the centre bounce. That's mm. um, sacrilege to do that. But, uh, you know, I just think they need to not worry about if a player sticks out his arm to protect his space and and then you'll, you won't see any PCL injuries in mm. this instance going forward because uh, the players will have that second option. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because I'm such a such a great ruckman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got the, the height to be a ruckman as well. I know, yeah, I know yeah. all the skills involved. Um, 174 centimeters um, yeah. <laughs> with no vertical leap whatsoever. Right? I Correct. Know, I know all the uh, ruck skills. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they call me Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah. white men can't jump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Might be able to beat Angus at the moment at six years old, but you know, by the time he's twelve, he'll be taller than me, and I won't uh, be able to outleap him. So yeah. Um, I'm the same. Mate. I'm mm. the same. We can have counselling sessions together over right? <laughs> Um, Before we move on, does that mean that Mason Cox is going to be able to make a comeback next week, given that they have a dearth of ruck stocks down at Collingwood? Well, they've only got Cox. Uh, and is it Darcy Cameron, I think, who mm. does a bit of ruck work relieving Grundy? Yeah. So they're certainly not going to put more in there. Um, so I think that paves the way for Cox to resurrect himself. Yeah. And if he's good enough, he'll do it. If he's not, then probably at the end of the year, be, See you thanks. later. Um, yeah. Thanks for winning us the premiership, but your time in the AFL is over. Well, getting us to a grand final. Let's uh, let's not give Collingwood premiership oh, so they don't deserve it. Let's not give away a premiership. They, they, they didn't win that one, did they? Yes. Let, let, thanks for getting us to a grand final. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. So, um, I think that I think he's the obvious choice, unless they've got someone in the wings that yeah. um, we haven't really focused on because they're still young and developing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go. 
through some of the games from last round and uh, have a bit of a chat about them. So Friday night, we had the Saints get over the top of the Giants, 10-17-77 to 8-12-60. Did you get a chance to watch this game? Yeah, I did. And the Saints just ground out a pretty solid victory uh, in that game. There's nothing spectacular about it. Commiserations to, I think it's Jack Hayes from St Kilda, the uh, ruckman there who went down with an ACL on the mark. The most innocuous ACL you've mm. ever seen, I yeah. believe. But uh, uh, I think St Kilda have come out and said that they'll be uh, looking after him and he should get another contract for next year. Because um, he was on their um, rookie list as a supplementary player, I think. So uh, if the Saints do that, then that's, um, yeah, that's good news, really. Uh, it gives him a bit of security going forward so hopefully that comes to pass but uh, yeah it was a pretty um, well, well it was actually a reasonable game of footy just from yeah. a because it was always close it wasn't skillfully spectacular or anything like that yeah. uh, Toby Green certainly didn't set the world on fire in his first game back uh, but uh, the game's better been playing um, so yeah thanks for the job yeah I um, I saw it too and the um the injury to Hayes, given how he's come in for them as that mature age recruit, was um, disappointing, was sad. Um, but, yes, hopefully they do look after him and um, give him the yeah. opportunity to um, come back and flourish and continue to deliver on what he had shown already this season prior to this injury. Um, I think, um, you know, they grounded out this game and there's a lot of talent there. It'll be interesting... Um, to see how they manage with him out, though, given that um, Marshall was also injured in that game, not as seriously, but um, he was um, spending a lot of time on the exercise bike, I noticed there in that second half. And um, I think yeah. it's a quad injury, so it'll be interesting to see um, whether he's, he's right for this week and how they manage um, going forward if he's injured as well. Yeah, I think he cut the pretty bad corky, but um, yeah, I. He's listed as 50-50 at this stage, I think. So, yeah. Paddy Ryder to the rescue. Yeah, back, he's back, back, back from a harsh suspension. Mm. He, he, was, he was hard to play, yes. Um, on Saturday, the first game was um, up in Ballarat. Uh, the Bulldogs got done. They um, went down by a point. Adelaide was 8-15-63 to 9-8-62. Yeah, I saw bits and pieces of this game, and it was typical Ballarat. Beautiful, sunny, freezing cold, it looked yeah. like, with the wind going one way. Um, we're happy to see the Crows win, but uh, also surprised. I think we were out that day afternoon as this game was winding up and checking the phone, just to looking at, at the scores. I think shit, they actually got up. Wow, it was amazing. Yeah. So, um, uh, pretty good specky taken by Jordan Dawson uh, in the second quarter, I think it was. Uh, the nominee for Mark of the Week, surely. Mm. Um, and um, but yeah, I think it's a pretty gutsy win by the Crows, to be to be honest. Yeah. Ah, yeah, and I don't think um, you know they started well and sort of hit the ground running, and um, yeah, I don't think it, when you know the kicking wasn't straight, I don't think anyone expected them. Or I don't think many expected them to hold on, and um, even you know with a couple of minutes to go, um, Taylor Walker kicking the goal that put them in front. Uh, I don't. Think that many would have expected them to hold on as well there. No, the way they did as well. So um, did you did you see the goal? It was a ripper from the boundary. Yeah, it was a great goal. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure that this makes Adelaide season, but does it break the Bulldog season? Are they um are they in trouble? Oh, I think I think they are because I think there's they're in they're sitting in that area where they just can't get consistency going. Mm. Yeah, they're probably beating the North Melbourne's who you expect them to beat. Uh, but they're just not getting the job done against other teams around them. Uh, yeah, had a pretty tough start to the year playing the Demons first up, and it seems to have gone a bit pear-shaped from there. So, um, yeah, uh, interesting dogs. It'll be interesting to see if they can string a few together. We'll all be talking and saying, yep, we uh, picked that they'd be in the top four. Yeah, um, what we said at the start of the season. That's no, it, exactly. speculation mid-season. It was all what we said yeah. at the start of the season. That's it. We'll be patting ourselves on the back going, yeah, we picked yeah. this. But uh, it's been a very sputtering start. Um, and they'd want to pick up a few wins on the go just to um, to get things rolling. Yeah. Um, the Port Adelaide 
continued their good run from the last quarter of the week before against Carlton and absolutely steamrolled West Coast, uh, 18-9, 117 to 4-9, I think the less said about this game, the better, to be honest, but uh, no surprises here. No. Uh, commiserations to a couple of my friends who are West Coast supporters. Uh, you've had a pretty tough weekend. Your footy team's shit. And the uh, Perth Wildcats have been knocked out of the NBL before getting to the playoffs for the first time in 35 years. Mm. Can you believe that? What a stat that is. Isn't it good to see the um, Tassie <laughs> Jack Jumpers in there, though? <laughs> it is. But uh, hopefully they get smashed by Melbourne United this week. But, uh, mm. you know, 35 years in a row to make the playoffs. That's absolutely yeah. amazing. And I know the NBLs had many uh, incarnations over that time, uh, but still. Uh, the streak would have started just as the NBL was reaching its zenith in the early to mid-90s. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, but to, to carry on that long, it's, a, it's an amazing effort. So hard luck to any West Australian sports fans. Yeah. You're lucky you've got decent cricket teams at the moment. That's all I can say. Yeah, that win has um, bumped Port Adelaide up above Essendon, though, um, on percentage. percentage. Uh, so that um, disappoints me slightly, but um, you know, congratulations to them, and it's probably a fair reflection on that they've been better than their results have um, shown so far. So it'll be interesting to see if they can continue this momentum now that they finally get got that win on the board. And yeah, I think eighty-four points. Yeah, I think so. We talked about it last week. If they win their two close games, they're right in the in the mix, aren't they? So mm. um, now they've got a few players coming back as well. Be a big game up in Cairns uh, against the Saints this week. Um, and selections for that game may hinge on St Kilda's ruck stocks. Yeah. So, it's, um, and, you know, predicted weather potentially. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and isn't it good to, like, you know, despite my commiserations for Pitney, isn't it good to see Carlton's season fall off the rails? You <laughs> calling it already? Yeah. 14, 13, <laughs> 97 to 9, 8, 62. Smashed 35.6 goals by the Frio Dockers. It's great to see. Yeah. And Frio going through their own COVID issues at the moment too. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't think we expected... Well, you know, a few people would have tipped Carlton, to be honest. But uh, I didn't see any of this game, I've got to be honest. But uh, uh, to me, the result wasn't a surprise. No. No, I tipped... Um... I, I didn't watch much of the game. I've only seen the highlights and the replays. Um, but yes, I tipped uh, the I tipped the Dockers and um, happy with the result and not unexpected. Uh, neither's the next game. Neither's the next one. Not really much <laughs> to say about this. Uh, Sixty point win, ten goal win to the Cats. 17-19, Was there anything you wanted to bring up from this match? Well, just looking at the scores from a lot of the games, uh, must be decent wins going around some of the grounds because there's a lot of inaccurate kicking going on. Yeah. So goal kicking practice has fallen off the right or off the wagon as the season start gets oh, deeper. The high and deeper. performance coaches say they can only have a certain number of set shots each week. Because... I know. No. Quad. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, Jeremy Cameron seven goals, great performance. Next. Next. <laughs> and the next game, Brisbane defeated the Suns pretty handily as well. So They did. They Zach did. Bailey, six goals for this one. That was, yeah. He was on fire in very interesting weather conditions. Mm-hmm. Having uh, said that, um, this goes against your inaccuracy um, <laughs> point too, given that uh, the Lions 21-6, so they were very accurate there in front of goal. You know as well as I do, there's always exceptions to the rule. There's always exceptions to the rule. But mm. yes, um, Zach Bailey had a masterclass. He um, mm. he smashed them all over the ground there and um, yeah. picked up the middle chances, which is good. Yeah, picked up the yeah. best on ground medal. Uh, so yeah, quality win for Brisbane. Yeah, and um, this was despite I was looking at the statistics. Um, the um, Gold Coast was actually able to had more inside fifties for the game, but. Um, um, you know, the defensive pressure in the Gold Coast Ward half meant that, um, you know, there was a lot of rebounds and a lot of goal scoring, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I only saw patches of the game, but uh, Brisbane just looked like they had it on the pit and then kicked away late, really. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, um, they, they might be the real deal. Um, the only one that's going to get close to Melbourne this year, if you ask me, the um, Lions. But having yeah. said that, I'm with um, you. 
they're still a, they're still a fair way behind. Um, yeah. Speaking of the demons, um, now it wasn't a huge win, but they got the job done by twenty two points. Yeah, I watched this all yeah. of this game, and uh, Richmond played pretty well, but at no stage did you feel like they were going to win, mm. even though they were in front for periods of time. And you know, they came back. Melbourne got a good start, I think, from memory. Richmond came back in the second quarter, uh, got in front. Uh, but, yeah, it was almost like Melbourne just held them at arm's length for most of the night and decided that they would, you know, put a burst of 15 minutes of footy on it. Yeah. And that was enough. So, yeah. But yes. Um, they probably should have won by 10 goals, given they scored mm. 9-22. Correct. Correct. So, yeah. I suspect that will correct itself on Saturday and they'll hold us at arm's length and win by the requisite 10. Yeah. Now, uh, last two games in the round, our two clubs, uh, your game started first, so I'll let you have um, the first bite of the cherry. How did the Hawks go across all of their teams last weekend? Uh, we'll, we'll kick off with the positives. So uh, the Box Hill Hawks had uh, their second win for the year, so that's two in a row for the boys. Um, they also suffered the uh, yips in front of goal, uh, had the very impressive three-quarter time score of two goals, 16, um, before kicking six goals in the last quarter to uh, to one against uh, Coburg to win out uh, by 24 points, uh, uh, down by nine points at three-quarter time. Um, but uh, best players for Box Hill, Jordan Cunico was named best on ground, extra long player. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if someone took a punt on him at the mid-season draft if uh, he keeps racking up BOGs because he wasn't too bad at Geelong. Um, but, uh, yeah, nine behinds, zero goals, nine in the third quarter would have had uh, a few people sitting nervously um, at three-quarter time, being down by nine points. But, um, yeah, six goals in the last quarter got the chocolates uh, for the Box Hill boys. So they're on the board again, which is good. Um, then the VFL girls uh, stormed to a 49-point win out at Williamstown, uh, which is their seventh win in a row. So still chasing uh, the Bombers girls down. But uh, uh, Tam Luke, the skipper, uh, kicked her only goal in the first quarter and then followed up with a second one to seal the game in the last. Um, Hawks kicked four goals in the second quarter uh, to have a, a handy buffer at halftime. And then basically the game was played in their forward half in the, in the second, second half. Uh, Jesse Williams kicked three goals. Tam Luke finished with two. Um, uh, so the girls are in an impressive run of form at the moment. Um, like I said, having seven on the trot. Um, and uh, looking good for VFLW finals coming up in a month or so. And then we go to the main game down in Tassie. Uh, and the Hawks started on fire. Five goals to nothing first up. In the first 20 minutes, and everyone's sitting back thinking, how good is this? Uh, Sydney got a couple of goals late in the first quarter to sort of bring it back to about 20 points. Um, but uh, I think had you asked any Hawthorne supporter, you'd say, yeah, we'll, we'll take that uh, scoreline at quarter time. Uh, and then Sydney slowly but surely reversed the trend of the game. Uh, and if it wasn't for inaccurate kicking on their behalf, I uh, would have had the margin well in check. Uh, in their favour, I should say, um, well before they actually got in front in the last quarter. So, um, like I said earlier in the piece, uh, my, my six-year-old uh, didn't really follow the game, just the scoreline. Um, but uh, Sydney were well on top across the game uh, from quarter time onwards. And, and if they had a kick straight, it could have been a big blowout victory for them. Um, however, um, I thought the Hawks battled along pretty hard because they found it really hard to... Um, to get any sort of game on their terms. Um, so to remain in front for as long as they did uh, was a fair effort, but uh, you just felt like as soon as Sydney snapped their runner behinds, um, the floodgates would open from a goal perspective and, and that they did. So, um, you know, it's another learning curve uh, for the Hawks fellas. Um, and realistically, you know, I think Sydney are probably one or two years ahead in the, you know, youth stocks and all that sort of space. Um, for our boys, but um, oh, they were just too good on the day. Um, and it could have easily been a you know 10 to 12 goal win instead of a seven goal win in the end. Mm. Um, so, but I think you know the Hawks, uh, you know, people say they gave up in the last quarter. I think it was one of those games where once the game was shot, you know, if 
five or ten minutes to go and it was a five goal margin they let in two or three cheapies and it just blew the margin out a bit further than what it should have been so um it's just the way it goes sometimes Uh, and we're lucky bt wasn't commentating because there were two uh questionable goals given where the players have kicked it in from the forward pocket when they were clearly out of bounds and uh, we would have had bt screaming it was out of bounds it was out of bounds a la the uh, roughhead decision a few years ago in Perth. But, um, yeah, that's the way it goes. So the whole of the ball has to be across the whole of the line, Hamish. The whole of the, is the ball rule. has to be across the whole of the line. Yes. And when the, the player's uh, inside foot is outside the line and he kicks it with his outside foot, you kind of wonder how he's not outside the line. Mm. <laughs> anyway, we love Buddy, or I do anyway. So um, luckily it was him and no one else. All right. How did the Bombers go? Good wins anywhere else apart from the G? Um, it was it was a mixed bag for the Bombers on the weekend. Uh, all four teams played. I'm including the um, wheelchair, um, the men's wheelchair team in uh, the or the Victorian uh, wheelchair football league team. In that, they had um, wins for both of their teams, uh, their t- their senior team and their development team. So they had um, good wins against the Magpies. Um, the women's team. I went out and watched the game on Saturday afternoon. I, I missed the first quarter. I um, got out there at quarter time. It, uh, uh, it, the scores were close when I got there at quarter time. I thought maybe um, Collingwood was going to put up a bit of a challenge. And through the um, the second quarter, they um, they were still challenging the Bombers. Um, they um, were definitely in it for a long time there and trying to pile the pressure on. But um, the Essen and um, the dominance just shone through in this women's team in the second half. Um, they just piled on nine goals to one after half time and went out to win by 73 points. Uh, they did it fairly easily in the end there. Uh, a lot of the um, similar names from similar weeks. Um, there's a number of players there making a key pitch, obviously, to get onto the AFLW list as um, that starts to get put together towards the end of this season and going into post-season. Uh, there were a number of um, multiple goal scorers. Um, Federica Fru, I've mentioned her a few weeks here on the podcast. Um, co-captain um, Mia Ray Clifford kicked a couple of goals. A few other multiple goal scorers there. Um, Georgia Nanskowen um, got um, 26 disposals, 10 tackles and eight clearances. What I really like about her, she um, wears the long sleeve jumper as well. You you don't see that very often in any form of football there, but I've always got massive respect for a footballer <laughs> that puts on the long sleeve jumper. I think it's great. Um, yeah, look, they did it easily. Uh, there was another exciting announcement um, for the um, AFL women's team. Uh, we're poaching players left, right and centre now. Um, <laughs> you are purging everybody. Yep. It's ridiculous. Steph- Soon you'll get Aaron Phillips. Yeah. Oh, um you know, give her one season at Port Adelaide and, you know, um, convince her to come over to Essendon and um, finish off. I mean, I, I look, I, you're not going to, you're not going to poach her from Port Adelaide. Let's oh, no. at the, no, at, at, I think she's 37 now. So she's coming to the end of her career. I'm sure if she wants it, she's, um, be, she'll be straight into the coaching staff there. And um, I can't see her going anywhere else, but um, yeah, no, things are looking bright for the um, women's team. Um they're sitting second on the ladder. They are undefeated, but they do have um, one draw. The um, Casey Demons are undefeated so far this season. So um, mm. they don't play each other to the last round of the season. So it'll be interesting to see if um, both clubs continue their dominant form. Um, Essendon has had some easier wins. They've got a much higher percentage, but it's that one draw that has them in second place. So it'll be interesting to see... Um, what happens in that last round there, um, barring any other unforeseen circumstances and what that means yeah. for the um, final ladder positions for both teams. Yeah, it's and Hawthorne are in, um, in third place, um, half a game behind the Bombers. So, mm. uh, And we play Casey this week. So yeah. given difference in percentage, if Hawthorne win, they'll go above Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be a good game, actually. It'll be really interesting to see where both teams are at. Yeah, the, um, um, the Bombers, if you don't have a percentage of a 1,000 after this week, <laughs> playing the winless Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, I, um, uh, my, my wife uh, spends a long time at the hairdresser and her hairdressing appointment is at 9 a.m. on Saturday. So they're yeah. um, 
the women's team are playing early Saturday afternoon. So we might head down to the Witten Oval, Angus and I, just to um, see see how they go and um, see how much of a percentage booster they can get there. Not yeah. that I want to get ahead of myself or anything, but um, it could be... Um, <laughs> It'd be the greatest be upset game. you've ever seen. It could be, um, no, or it could be a great result and um, put that percentage booster on the board there. Yeah, no, it's um, so yes, two p.m. at Whitnoble and Hawthorne uh, playing uh, Casey on uh, Sunday. I think it is at Box Hill City Oval. So uh, depending on commitments, we might head along out there with uh, my two uh, scallywags. Yeah, and uh, see if we can see a good game of footy. Yeah, unfortunately for the Bombers, it was a slightly different story for both of the um, men's sides, um, both playing on Anzac Day. So I couldn't get to both games, unfortunately. The um, You find that I'm, fixturing odd? I, I do. Um, Particularly with the ban of sport on Anzac Day before 1pm. Yeah, I, um, I, give, I don't understand how they couldn't have played... Um, you know, one game on the Saturday, one game on the Sunday, one game on the Monday, two games on the Saturday, two games on the Sunday, whatever, play them one after the other. Uh, yep. as a, like, there was no one else out at the hangar on Saturday afternoon after the um, women's side played. They could have played a couple of hours earlier and then played the men's game. Yeah, There's two ovals there. They could have played them on separate ovals if they really wanted to, if they were worried about um, breaking up yeah. the turf. Not that I think anything would have happened there. Um so, yes, um, I, I, I would like to get on my high horse about that as well because I would have liked to go and watch both games. Um, yeah, and would I have agree. Made, like, with a long weekend, I could have fit three games of football and I would have loved it. Um, yeah, perfect. But, unfortunately, I didn't get the opportunity to do that. And given the result, um, perhaps I didn't really want to, um, to see it anyway, given they've gone down by almost 10 goals. Um, yeah, but, I mean, suffering. you don't go to the reserves to watch the result. You go to the reserves to watch how the young kids are going and who, yeah, who's well, the that, next, yeah. you know, so... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and there were, look, they, they, they did go down by 58 points. Um, they started well, they were relatively close at, um, come, they were, they were only a goal down at half time, So it was all getting tired and um, not being able to play out the full game in the second half. And a lot of that is um, young kids coming through and um, still developing themselves into the game. A lot of these are on um, the AFL list. Um, the, um, well, there'll be two big highlights for me um, uh, where, you know, the name heard synonymous with the Bombers across three, now four generations. Yes. Um, Alex Heard uh, played his first game. He kicked um, a goal and had nine disposals in his, or uh, and three tackles as well in his debut. So um, great from him. Um, more impressive, um, Category B rookie on the AFL list, uh, Tom Heard. Uh, 26 touches, eight marks, um, and kicked two goals, three. So he he was almost best on ground there. So um, he's obviously pressing his case for that elevation and looking for future. So it, appear, it, it appears that uh, the herd name on Anzac Day just rolls on beautifully, doesn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like it's meant to be. Um, a couple of the um, more senior players that are on the AFL list uh, pressing their case to get back in there. Um Devin Smith was dropped after um, a disappointing game last week. He had 28 disposals. Braden Ham, again, who's played a lot of games in the AFL side, um, had 27 and eight tackles. So um, there's um, there's a lot there that are still making their case to say we're good enough and we should be given yeah. an opportunity. Um, McDonald, Tip and Woody kicked two goals and had 15 touches, so he'd be getting close to full fitness again after an interrupted preseason. So hopefully he can make his way back into the top side soon. And um, again, more impressively, um, Nick Bryan is the young ruck development guy, another 32 hit out. So he's um, absolutely dominating in the VFL um, yeah. and um, continues to make his case for um, coming into the team as his body um, builds up and um, he becomes ready for it. Yeah, I mean, Draper played pretty well in the main game, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. But uh, uh, handy if he's playing well in the VFL. Should yeah. Draper do a Grundy and go down for a while? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a positive to have, um, to know that he's there, even if he is um, light and small and, um, you know, not quite up to that there. Like, he's obviously athletic and has a lot of skill there to be able to still get, um, you know, those types of numbers against teams, um, you know, that will still have bigger Ruckman, just um, yeah. they're not necessarily yeah. playing at AFL level. Yeah. 
Nice one. Now on to the um, main game. Um, Where were you, Hamish? Which bar were you in? I I was I I had a um, the MCC reserve is now um, fully ticketed at the moment, still under COVID restrictions. So you have to reserve a seat to get in there. So I did have it. Uh, I was very late in reserving my seat, so I did have a seat up in row double J, um, five <laughs> rows from the back. So I literal spend, nosebleeds. I did not spend um, much of the game sitting in the seat. I um, spent more of the game behind the glass, up against the glass in the Frank Gray Smith bar with a schooner in hand. Yes, nice work. Um, look, I don't like honourable losses, but Essendon played better than I expected them to. So I suppose there are some positive well no I suppose there are some positives to take out of this game the um the season's not as I mean you know I Essendon will struggle to make finals now um where they are but I don't think it is all doom and gloom and um there are some positive signs there they've just got to get wins on the scoreboard uh, sooner rather than later because um you know once the fans turn at Bomberland they turn very quickly they turn very viciously it happened to um Matthew Knight's not that long ago. And, um, you know, Ben Rutten's, Ben Rutten, um, he'll get the benefit of the doubt and he's done a lot of good work there, but he's not an Essendon favourite son. And they turn on people that aren't Essendon people very quickly. So and I'm, especially sensing, given, I'm sensing blood in the water. Especially given that Blake Carousella has had the only win this season and Blake Carousella <laughs> is a premiership Essendon player. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. All right, Ben Rutten, start looking over your shoulder, son. Yeah. As soon as you've got the support of the board, you're stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but look, um, you know, there, there were some highlights to take out of the game despite going down. I mean, you know, the difference was um, Jack Inovan, 19-year-old, um, you know, winning the Anzac medal, kicking, um, you know, kicking those goals in front of those, um, you know, in front of 85,000 people at his age. Um yeah. I like his personality. I know a lot of people give him shit for it, but um, you know, I, I think we need more personalities and more um, you know, people like that in the game. I think it's great. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but uh, I like the fact that he just sticks to his guns and says yeah. stuff. You, if you don't like me, I don't care. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And you know, and like he he like he proved his point. He kicked um, he kicked five goals. Good good yeah. luck to him. Uh, as long as he still does it when he yeah. kicks five points, then that's. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, that shows one of the biggest problems that Essendon has. They got away with it last year having um, no key defender, but um, mm. the Redmond-Laverde intercept um, defence is not working this year. No, well, Laverde went off injured for a period, didn't he? So no, he, he uh, did spend a bit of time on the bench. Yeah. But, like, he, you know, it's not just this round that that's been no, a problem. No. It, it's yeah. just reinforced it again. But um, one of the key things they're missing is that key defence. I mean, Peter Wright has exceeded expectations as a key yeah, forward i don't definitely. i'd like to see someone else up there with him as a second key forward i think um that would help but i um, think jones is not far from coming back yeah. i read today um and hurley could be yeah. coming back in a couple of weeks yeah um so that you know will help yeah. but i mean how long is hurley who knows because of lack of conditioning and whatever but uh, uh he will help defensive stocks surely mm. yeah, yeah. But, you know, like Stringer being back um, was another bow up forward that um, helped yeah. and he, he, it showed that how much he was missed. Um, yeah. Arish, you know, he went off early in the last um, yeah. quarter with an ankle injury but had 42 possessions to there. So um, he he could have gone very close to winning that um, Anzac medal again. And if the result had been 11 points the other way, may very well have done so. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's yeah. him, him or Stringer who would have won it if you guys won it, I think. Mm. So. Yeah, Sam Draper, young up-and-coming Ruckman. If only he could learn how to kick, um, <laughs> that'd be positive there. Um, so, look, there are a lot of positives there. Stringer and Zach Merritt being back made a massive difference to the team. Yeah, but they couldn't get it. They couldn't get it across the line, and that's because they're letting too many goals in. Yeah, agree. Interesting uh, matchup against the Bulldogs this week. You guys, it is. It is. It's um. It's given. Oh, look, oh, you know, I still rate us a chance this week, given how badly the Bulldogs are doing, and I think, um, given the Bulldogs are relying 
they seem to be relying extremely heavily on Norton. The intercept marking, you know, being able to drop off and get in front of him may work more effectively there if there is no plan B, which they don't seem to have at the moment. But, yeah, you know, they've, they've got to put it all together. Yeah, agreed. Hmm. So. But, you know, it's interesting times. And um, let's hope that uh, we can turn it around this week. Um, and, you know, if they, if they play a similar level to what they did there, um, I think given the difference in form between the Magpies and the Western Bulldogs, it could, it could very well go the other way. But I don't think they're going to be able to blow the Bulldogs out of the water. Oh, no, I think it'll be a pretty close game. Um, I hope you win. Uh, I'm not just saying that. I just don't like the Bulldogs, to be fair. Um, <laughs> the, um, you know, and seeing both of your teams stuck in the mire down the bottom would be good. So, um, yeah. Yeah. The longer it takes either of you to get up to where Hawthorne are, the better. Uh, you're coming. You're coming back down to join us. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw that game last weekend. I saw that last half. Oh, it won't be far away. I'll tell you. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. right, we might have a percentage of sixty after this. Week. Let's see what happens. Um, let's talk. Uh, let's look. Let's look to next week. But before we do that, how'd your super coach team go? Oh, I'm one out of four, um, and I got crueled by injury. I made the decision at 7.40 on Friday night to put Jack Hayes in for Braden Pruce. And uh, so Braden Pruce was languishing on the bench while Jack Hayes was languishing on the bench in the real game with a knee injury. Yeah. So it um, cost me 100 or so points there, and that might have got me over the line a couple of games. But uh, uh, such are the vagaries of uh, snap decisions. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, you know, it's that point of difference in rolling the dice sometimes that you got to do to um, get the results happening and That's um, it. take it from there, yeah. So, and this week can be interesting. Uh, obviously, I've had to trade Hayes out because he's out for the year. Luke Jackson's out. So, do I shift him into a ruck and get another forward or do I leave him where he is? And, and yeah. that, so, But uh, hopefully, he's only out for the week with the health and safety protocols. So, won't be moving him along, keep him for a bit. Yeah. I, otherwise, what about yourself? I, I, I can't seem to get above that sort of 2200 mark this season. I've, yeah. I'm languishing there and I think I'm doing well, but then you see results of 25, yeah. 2600. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, a fair bit off there. How am I going to, um, yeah, how am I how gonna I make get this there? up? Um, I'm going to have to make some changes this round because I still got, I had Grundy in my side. So obviously, oh, yeah. when yeah. he's out for 12 weeks, you're not going to leave him sitting it. on the bench there. Um, I've also got English sitting on the bench and who knows when he's going to come back. So, um, oh, is he, he's out too, isn't he? Um, yeah, he, um, He's they're they're expecting back sort of round ten or eleven, I believe. So that's not yeah. too far away. I just didn't trade him out this week because I didn't have enough um yeah. space. But yeah, I've you know, I've got Hayes sitting on my bench forward as well. So there's another um <laughs> yeah trade I've got to do somewhere. So you might need you might need the uh the five trades this week. Yes, yeah, so I, I might be using all of my trade boosts just to get rid of some of these um players and uh, fill it in, but Thankfully, I do have some money in the bank as well as Grundy to trade out. So, um, yes. And what's your might... what's your team value at the moment? Uh, I don't have it open. Let me have a look quickly. I'm going to have to come back to you on that. We might That's have to share right. that on Facebook later. Um, sure. Won't look That's that right. up. But um, let's um, before we shut this down for the evening, let's have a look at uh, next week's games and. Uh, put together our tips uh we're recording this on wednesday so we're um it's nice to be only having a um friday saturday sunday round oh how good is it we've had that i mean i don't mind thursday night football but uh, when you got thursday through to monday it gets a, yeah. it's a long it's a long yeah, it few is, days of football it is i must admit i've been craving the uh and just the standard block of match times too yeah um nothing better than sitting down on a saturday night and flipping between two games um uh, but yeah, you know, next week it, it changes again. We've got two Friday night games next week, so um, you know. Anyway, they're just, they're just toying with this AFL headquarters oh. and Fox, uh, aren't they? That's true, uh, yeah. and they're due to release um, the next four weeks of fixtures yeah. uh, in the next few days. So that'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens there. Um, but there have been calls actually just before we get to the tipping for. Um, the AFL to stop with the rolling fixture and go back to the static fixture that they've had for eons. I uh, think um, given that we seem to be 
for the most, like, barring, you know, a massive mutation, we seem to be yeah. out the other side. So there's no real need for it in the same way that there was. Yes, we've had a few, you know, COVID yeah. protocol issues so far this season, but no game has been rescheduled. Um, I, 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 would think I don't see the probably, reason for it. Yeah, I mean, I would think they'll probably just keep it for this year just to make sure. But then next year, they'll either go back to static fixturing. Um, although... You know, the broadcasters do like the rolling fixture because then they can sort of say, well... These guys know, are going better, play that game. In yeah, the, like yeah. you wouldn't... Like this Friday night game coming up is West Coast versus Richmond. Yeah. That wouldn't necessarily get Friday night billing, you know, in five weeks' time, for example. Yeah, I must say I'm not um, that excited about watching a West Coast-Richmond game on Friday night. I probably <laughs> will watch it because I'll be oh, home. Yeah. I'm a, you know, yeah. I'm a father of a six-year-old, so it's not like I go out on a Friday night anymore. But, Come on, um, Hamish, don't lie yeah. to me. I know you have it. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's move on to the tipping. Um, the, the match of the round, uh, West Coast versus Richmond. Who's, um, <laughs> who's going to get across the line there? Oh, you have to say the Tigers, I think. Yeah. Look, uh, I'm not saying it with any com- great confidence given how no. they're playing, but um, given how badly West Coast oh, did last week, um, I can't, you couldn't in any great confidence pick them, could you? No, not at all. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I think we're both on the Tigers there. Um, Saturday, the Cats versus the Dockers. Well, this is an interesting game. Fremantle lost a few players with uh, injury and, and COVID. Um, if this was in Perth, I might have gone the Dockers, but I think you've got to go the Cats down at Geelong. Yeah, they just find a way to win down there. I can't see yeah, it being any different. No, and Darcy's out. The uh, Sean Darcy, the ruckman out for Fremantle. So, yeah. Uh, the Crows and the Giants? Toss the coin, this one. But uh, probably have to go the Crows. Yeah, because it's in Adelaide, I'm sort of leaning that way. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, and I, but I know, I know you agree with me, I think this is more a matter of how much the Melbourne win by on the weekend. Um, yeah, I, I think I can't this. see them getting across the hall. I can't see the Hawks getting across the Demons. No, I think that regardless of who's out, the Demons system just stacks up too strong. Yeah. Saints, Port Adelaide. Another toss of the coin, uh, especially because it's in Cairns. Um, I would think, gosh, who would you go for? Port will be buoyed after the big win the other day, although against Witches Hats. Uh, Look, we probably have to back the Saints in, but uh, if, um, I mean, Port don't really have a recognised ruckman either at the moment, so even if uh, St Kilda have issues there, that's going to be not too bad, so... Uh, probably back the Saints in. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the Saints. Um, I just don't like the inconsistency of Port Adelaide. Yes, they've had yeah. um, five good quarters, but um, you look at someone like Todd Marshall, who has all the potential in the world, he'll alternate between kicking five goals and then doing nothing and being lost on yeah. board. So it's sort of hard. To t- it depends which Port Adelaide turns up. Yes, correct. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah a bit more trust in the Saints. I agree with that. Yeah. Carlton and North Melbourne? Uh, the Blues. Yeah, I think, um, you know, despite Pitt and A being out, there's just nothing about North Melbourne that makes me think they can get across the line. Yeah. Uh, pies and Suns? Uh, at the G, have to go the Pies. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if Gold Coast turned one up. Um, and the other reason I say that is Pies are a young side. A bit of an emotional drop-off potentially from mm-hmm. Anzac Day, potentially. Um, Gold Coast... Yeah, they got beaten by 50 points by Brisbane, but they weren't horrible for per- yeah. patches. So, And it was Brisbane. Yeah. Um, still going to pies there. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, look, I like a lot about the Gold Coast list, but they just don't seem to be putting it together. So, yeah, I'm leaning yeah. having watched the pies. Well, this is, this yeah. is a game you think if Gold Coast are going to take steps this year, this is a game they win. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> but I just don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with the pies as well. Uh, Bulldogs and Bombers? Uh, gosh. Uh, I'd like to think that you guys could win. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. um, it might know, depend on Parrish playing. Yeah. Uh, Bulldogs midfield too strong, so I'll probably go with the Dogs. Yeah, look, you know, they got beaten by Adelaide and we beat Adelaide, so, you know, not week-on-week <laughs> week games... Um, mean anything well, really but that, that that's enough for me to go yeah we, we'll, we'll get across the line this well, i think there's a combined margin of about five points so yeah. by that logic there'll be a three-point game <laughs> exactly 
Um, and to to wrap up the round at the SCG, Sydney take on the Lions. Match of the round for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think this is. Oh, geez, Sydney played well the other day. Like they just dominated the game for three quarters. Just didn't put the score on the board. Jeepers. Uh, I think oh, I'm going to go stick with the Lions. I just think they're more experienced players might yeah. come to the fore. Yeah, if this was in Brisbane, I'd be picking the Lions, but because yeah. it's the SCG and how well they play there, I'm going to tip the Swans. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. How did you go last week? I got seven. So um, Me too. And, you know, that I didn't pick Essendon, so that wasn't – I did pick the Pies, so that wasn't yeah. my mistakes there. I picked Hawthorne. I thought that yeah. – um, they might get across the line. Well, it's funny. I picked the I picked the Swans and I picked the Bombers. So who went the reverse? Yeah. And I think I lost on uh, the Bulldogs. With the yeah, that was the other one. I picked um, the Bulldogs to beat the Crows. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, we might be looking all right to qualify for the French Open, Hamish. Yeah. Um, and for those that um, don't know, the few of the few listeners that we have, that is um, a sub competition in a tipping competition. That I think it's right a case there. of if you know, you know. If you, know, if you know you know yeah. Yeah. anyway that's it for another episode of the line in the sand podcast please make sure you hit subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to us on uh if you can leave us a review um as long as it's a positive five-star review please do so and until next week uh, have a good week good night everyone go the reds Thank you.